Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. Yo, it's your boy, the odd guy himself, Malik King Scott. Hi, I'm Charlie Edwards. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 33 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined, as always, by Ayaz Sumra. Ayaz, how are you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you? Very good, very good. Same as always, same as always. Okay, we're going to get straight into part one. We're going to start with a card that took place over in France. Even Mendy, he fought for the vacant EBU, EU, European lightweight title. He fought a guy called Francesco Patera. Patera was unbeaten in 15 fights, but even Mendy, tough guy, he really is. He picked up his 35th professional win, so he's the new EBU, EU, European lightweight champion. So a good win for even Mendy. We're now going to go over to the UK, of course, Lancashire, top of the bill, Jack Catterall. He defended his WBO Intercontinental Super Lightweight title against Joe Hughes. It was a successful defense from Catterall. Both guys had 14 wins on their record. Catterall, of course, was unbeaten. Joe Hughes had the one loss. He's now got two. Jack Catterall moves to 15-0. and 0. A much closer fight than a lot of people thought it was going to be, but nonetheless, a good win for Catterall. Also on the bill, Vigenda Singh. He picked up a TKO in the third round. He had his man down in round one as well. And Vijender Singh now six wins and six wins by knockout. So really nice for Vijender Singh. He's knocking everybody out he gets in there with at the moment. Also on the bill, Luke Blackledge. He defended his Commonwealth super middleweight title against Ishmael Tete. Luke Blackledge. I know that there was a lot of people that weren't very happy with Ishmael Tete. I'm not sure what happened. I didn't actually see the fight, but there was a bit of a strange stoppage. I think he might have perhaps stayed down on the floor. I'll be honest, I'm just speculating. But I know that a lot of people weren't very happy with that. So Luke Blackledge moves to 21 wins. Of course, he's got the two draws and the two losses. But he defends his Commonwealth strap. So, you know, good win for him. Jimmy Kelly was also on the bill. He moved to 17-1 and with a points win after eight rounds. He had his man down in the eighth round as well. And Kelly suffered a cut to the left eyebrow when heads clashed in the fourth round. Also on that bill, Zelfa Flash Barrett. He picked up a TKO in the second round, which means he's now moved to 10-0. and He had his man down in the first round and the second round. And then that was all she wrote. Okay, that's it for the UK. We're now going to go over to America. Top of the bill, a guy that we had on our show last week. Really, really nice guy. Dusty Hernandez Harrison. He was in the biggest fight of his life against Mike Dallas Jr. Dusty had a record of 29-0, and oh, a beautiful record. Mike Dallas Jr., he's been around the block 21-3 and three with the one draw. A lot of people not very happy with the outcome of this fight. It ended up being a split draw. So it's the first blemish on Dusty's record. But Mike Dallas Jr., you know, this is his second draw now. A lot of people gave this fight to Mike Dallas. It wasn't televised over here, so I didn't manage to watch that at all. But everybody that I've seen on Twitter scored it for Mike Dallas Jr. A lot of people saying it's a hometown decision, you know, that we don't like that at all in boxing. But Dusty Hernandez, you know, he didn't... I think the way people are putting it, he was very, very lucky to not have a loss on his record. He managed to get the draw, so... It'd be interesting to see what happens next with that fight. 
that's really that for that particular bill. We're now going to go over to another part of America. This time we're over in Las Vegas, Nevada. Top of the bill, Andrew Tabiti. He moved to 13-0 and with a win over Keith Tapia, who had a nice record of 17-0. and Somebody's O had to go. It was Keith Tapia's. Andrew Tabiti picks up the vacant NABF Cruiserweight title with that win. Also on the bill, the heavyweight Olympian turned cruiserweight Michael Hunter moved to 12-0 and and he also picked up the vacant WBO NABO cruiserweight title. Michael Hunter definitely one to keep our eyes peeled on and also on that bill, Kevin Newman, he moved to 6-0, and he's got the one draw. All these fights that I've mentioned, all those wins there, I forgot to mention the method. Tabiti won, he's won unanimously after 10. Michael Hunter won, he's won unanimously after 10. And Kevin Newman won, he's won unanimously after 6. Morris Lee was also on the bill. He picked up another win. He moved to 7-0. and He's a fighter training out of the Joe Goosen gym in Van Nuys. And uh, he, he picked up a win in the sixth round, you know, after six. After six, it was a unanimous decision after six. And that's a welterweight to look out for, Morris Lee. Seems like a really nice guy from what I've seen of him. We're now going to go over to Mexico. Marco Antonio Peraban, he picked up his 25th career win. This this was up at light heavyweight, this fight. He fought a guy unbeaten in 10 fights, German Rafael. Marco Antonio Peraban, 25-3 and three with the one draw. German Rafael, 10-1 and one now. So a good win there for Peraban taking a guy's O. Um, now we're going to go over to Poland. It really is all over the place last weekend. It was just fight here fight there poland mexico uk usa france it was all over the place we're now going to go over to poland top of the bill marius whack he picked up a unanimous decision win after 10 rounds against marcelo luis nascimento so marius whack 32 wins and two draws now most of the fights I've just mentioned took place on the Friday. That one just there over in Poland took place on the Saturday. We're now going to go over to Wales. So back in the UK, Lee Haskins, top of the bill. We had him on our show last week. Very, very nice guy. He defended successfully his IBF World Bantamweight title against Ivan Morales. Now, I didn't actually know, but Ivan Morales, his brothers with Eric Morales, of course, the Mexican legend of a fighter. He had a huge, bitter rivalry with Marco Antonio Barrera. So, you know, it was a massive name for Lee Haskins to beat there. So Ivan Morales now 29-2, and Lee Haskins 33-3, and so another win for Lee Haskins it was a good fight there was a bit of holding going on from Lee Haskins to be totally honest but all the quality stuff came from him and he was he was the better man on the night to be totally honest I think um not sure how it was scored I know he won unanimously after 12 but I think he pretty much it was almost a shutout if not a shutout if I remember correctly also on that bill Craig Kennedy picked up his 15th professional win with a split decision win up at cruiserweight over Joel DeGeco. This was for the vacant IBF international cruiserweight title. Kennedy was flawed in the second round and the sixth round, and he managed to scrape out a split decision win. So it's a bit of a, I didn't actually watch that fight. Um, it's a bit of a strange one though. I must say for a man to be dropped twice in only a 10-rounder and managed to win on a split decision. I don't know if there was something fishy going on. If if you know something about it, please send us a tweet at Box Hard Podcast that we actually missed that one. Uh, also on that bill, again, Josh Taylor, he moved to 5-0 and with a TKO in the first round. And Andrew Selby, he was fighting Louis Norman, ex-opponent of Charlie Edwards, Louis Norman, 11-1 and 
with the one draw. He's now got two losses in the one draw, still the 11 wins. Andrew Selby moved to 5-0, and and he picks up the British flyweight title. So Andrew Selby picking up the British title in five fights. Incredible stuff for him. To be totally honest, it was a closer fight than a lot of people thought. Yet again, you know, Andrew Selby was, you could see, he's just, he's absolutely quality. The way that his lateral movements just second to none. He really moves really, really, really well. He's, he's he's fantastic about that. He did say after the fight that he felt Louis Norman's power and he wasn't, you know, it didn't seem to phase him at all. So he knew that he could really let him sort of hit him and it wouldn't hurt him. So I think the way he thought it was a bit dangerous. And like I say, I don't think, I don't think I'd give it, like a shutout or anything like that to Andrew Selby. I think Louis Norman put in a brilliant account of himself, much better than how he fought against Charlie Edwards. I know that he's been saying against Charlie Edwards, he went in there and completely, you know, he didn't have no game plan from round one. It all went out the window and he just did what he wanted. He definitely fought a lot better against Andrew Selby. I don't want to take any credit away from Charlie Edwards. Charlie Edwards may have just, you know, may have just, it just might've been harder to get his shots off. I know Charlie Edwards wasn't letting uh, Louis Norman land on him whatsoever but but Andrew Selby you know he was he was having success Louis Norman on Andrew Selby but it was a really good fight and the 12th round is a brilliant round if somebody can get that you know get that on five on demand or whatever they call it now you know catch up on on channel five it was a brilliant 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 12th round and I think that you know Andrew Selby definitely going on to big things in the future one last fight I will mention on that card Comrade Cummins he moved to 9-0 and with the one draw he picked up a TKO in the sixth round over Frankie Borg that's it for the UK we're now going to move over to the last bill this one took place over in California just two fights I want to mention over there Sal Rodriguez he picked up a KO in the seventh round so he moves to 20 and oh he's got the one draw this was a win over Dawley's Prescott. It was a good fight, actually. So, Saul Rodriguez, good win there. Seventh round KO. Also on the bill, heavyweight, undefeated, Andy Ruiz Jr. He moved to 27-0. His opponent, Ray Austin. Uh, Austin was down in the first round. You know, he's, he had a big layoff, and he come back in this fight, and he was never, ever going to win this fight at all. He was down in the first round. He injured his right hand. At the, I think during the fourth round or towards the end of the fourth round, and he refused to come out for the fifth round. So he retired on his store at the end of the fourth. So Andy Ruiz Jr. puts a name on his record, I guess, and moves to 27-0. and 0. I really need to see this guy stepped up. A lot of people saying he's got all the skill in the world, but we'll have to wait and see. Okay, that's it for part one. We're now going to welcome our first guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our first guest on this week's show, fighting in a huge fight this Saturday. It's unbeaten heavyweight contender Joseph Parker. Joseph, welcome to the show. Hello, Joey. Hello, Joseph. How are you doing? Not too bad, brother. How are you? Very good, very good. Now, of course, you've got a huge fight, as I mentioned just there, on Saturday against Carlos Takam. Now, Takam's been in there with the likes of Pavetkin, Mike Perez, Tony Thompson. This guy's a genuine good fighter and undoubtedly your toughest test yet. How are you feeling so close to the fight right now, Joseph? Well, you know, we're, we're about three or four days out of the fight, and at the moment I'm feeling great. And the, and the reason or what I put that down to is that the training that I've done in Vegas, I've trained for 12 weeks. I've, I've, I've trained the house down. I've prepared myself as best I can. And I believe that this is the biggest challenge and the biggest test in my career so far because of what he presents. You know, he's a dangerous fighter. He's a fighter who likes to come forward, throw his punches and bunches. And he, the, the amount of pressure he has is like, uh, is, is, is nothing I really faced before. So I actually look forward to this test. And it's a, you know, it's a test that um, I've been training really hard for. 
Do you believe that a winning style over Carlos Takam would rubber stamp your CV and get the attention of the boxing fans all around the world? I believe that if I do get a a, a, like a, a good victory over Carlos Takam, like, uh, and I look really, really good, then it'll, it'll send shockwaves around the world and it'll tell everyone that we're here and we're here to... We're here to fight, we're here to win, and we're here to, to, to try our best to take over and be champion of the world ourselves. But um, firstly, I just have to focus on what I have to do, and that's to get past him. And, you know, he's here prepared, he's here ready, he's focused. And he told, he told me when we met the first time on Monday that he's not here to lose. So, you know, two, exciting, two fighters who are ready will make it an exciting night. Absolutely. Now, how much do you actually know about him? He's got a little bit of a reputation over here in the UK as a really, really tough guy. Some some people compare him a little bit to Derek Chisora. What do you think of him? What do you know about him, Joseph? Well, when we first signed up the fight, I started to study him and what I could find on YouTube. And what I've seen is that uh, he, he does come a lot prepared and he comes fit, strong. Uh, he Just uh, like I mentioned before, the pressure that he puts on is... is there's big pressure that sometimes people can't handle. And, you know, um, he likes to throw a lot of punches. And he, and he loads up on his punches, and he, he, he's there to try and knock you out. So that's a, that's, I think that's the dangerous part of him. Now, you yourself, you've never, you've never actually had to go 12 rounds. He's only gone 12 rounds once. That was with Tony Thompson. It wasn't a very fast-paced fight. Do you see this potentially going 12 rounds? And if so, how, how will you feel about that going 12 for the first time in your career? Well, you know, uh, with, with tra the training that I've done, I'm, I'm, I'm certain that I can go 12 rounds. I'm 100% sure that I've trained the house down and, and, that I, and that I can actually go 12 rounds if I need to go 12 rounds. But uh, you know, if it does go 12 rounds, that will be, uh, that will be something new for me, and it'll be the first time I'll, I'll, I'll go 12 rounds. I think it'll be a learning curve as well, but I'm, I'm prepared to go 12, I'm prepared to go one. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter, you know. Um, uh, whatever happens, happens. But you know, I think we're both prepared to to go the distance if it need be. Absolutely. Now, my questions was always going to end up going in this direction sooner or later. Um, without overlooking Takam at all, if you win this fight, you're in position to fight Anthony Joshua. Both of you, in my opinion, are on the same level, you and Anthony Joshua. What are your thoughts on Anthony Joshua? Oh, do you know, I have a lot of respect for, for Anthony Joshua and his team. And I, you know, he's the IBA for a title, uh, title champion holder now. So, you know, He's done his he's done his bit to, to get to the championship of the world, and I know he's gonna keep improving, keep getting better. And I I know I'm not not looking too far ahead. Hopefully this fight goes well. You know we'll get a chance to to have a fight with each other. We're both we're both humble guys who are trying their best in the sport and trying to you know, trying to look you know, make a living and look after their family. So I think we're both in a, a very very similar. But um, you know I look forward to the day when we do meet. Um, and and hopefully I do get past second, so that can happen. Yeah, of course, of course. Now, a couple of fights I just wanted to ask you about that are coming up in your division. Of course, Anthony Joshua has got a fight on the 25th of June against Dominic Brazil. Do you think Dominic Brazil poses any kind of threat at all to Joshua when when they collide on the 25th of June? You know, any fighter that gets in the ring, I have a lot of respect for, but I just believe Anthony Joshua is on a different level to Dominic Brazil. I think he's uh, just a the, the better boxer, and, and um, he's, you know, he's always in great shape. He's uh, He trains hard. He puts in the work. So I just... I just see, I see things going his way. And I believe it'll be six months in about a week's time since um, since Tyson Fury shocked the world and defeated Klitschko. His rematch will be coming up soon on the 9th of July. How do you see that one going, Joseph? I, I see the rematch of uh, Tyson Fury getting getting better and doing better. I, I, I believe, you know, he won the fight, and, which was uh, which was great for heavyweight boxing. brought a lot more excitement to the to the um, heavyweight division. But I believe that uh, with, with the rematch, he'll get better, and I see things going that way as well. One thing I just do want to, to ask you, Joseph, um, I always 
I always kind of worry about this, not just for this fight in particular, but who have you sparred with that we might know? Because, you know, coming from a place like New Zealand, there's, you know, it's not really known for its heavyweights. Do you get good sparring? Is there anyone we might have heard of that you've sparred with in any fight, in any preparation? I definitely sparred with um, some good fighters. And uh, here in New Zealand, there's not a lot of sparring partners, which is why we're based in Vegas. But in Vegas, we've, we've sparred. Um, the likes of Andy Ruiz, Bermain's Tavern, and, and a few others that uh, that have uh, invited us into part of Klitschko. Um, and we've been invited into camps and we've invited others into our camp. And I, I believe that the sparring that we got uh, leading up to this fight has given us the great work um, to be able to be, be prepared for what Carlos Tekken brings. Absolutely. Now, just before I let you go, I just wanted to give you the opportunity for any kind of message to any UK fans that may be listening. Oh, just no, the only thing I'd like to say is that I, I really, I really do appreciate the support of some of the fans in the UK who've, uh, who've messaged me and who knew, uh, I can tell who really wanted me to come there and fight there. And I um, just want to let them know that uh, hopefully everything goes well. We'll be there in the near future to to, uh, to put on the show for you guys. And hopefully you guys will be there to support us and um, and, and cheer for us. And just want to say, yeah, thanks again for the support. I really do appreciate it. And, and, and that's the support that keeps us going. Absolutely. Now, on behalf of all the British fans, I thank you for that kind message. It's, of course, your fight's being shown live on Sky Sports over here, so I'll be tuning in as well, and I'm sure a lot of others will. I wish you the absolute best of luck for Saturday, Joseph, and hopefully we speak again soon. Okay, thank you very much for your time, and uh, and I look forward to talking again soon. Thank you very much, Joseph. Take care. All right, brother. See you later. Thank you. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the preview part. We're now going to preview some of the fights coming up this weekend. Uh, We're going to start over in Colombia. Dalis Perez, of course, remember, you know, that fight that he had with Anthony Crowler where he got stopped. He returns to the ring in an eight-rounder, super lightweight, so up at 140. He fights Wegner Ortega, who has a record of five wins and 18 losses. This is clearly a win just to try and bounce back into the picture. Sorry, I say a win, a fight. I'm sure he's going to win it. Of course, Dalis Perez goes into this bout with a record of 32 wins, two losses and one draw. That's it for Colombia. We're now going to go over to a fight I thought I'd mention in Australia. Top of the bill, a guy called Brad Pitt. Okay, 18 wins and one loss. I really hope it's not the actual Brad Pitt, but I just wanted to get that out there that someone in a cruiserweight going 10 rounds in Australia down in Melbourne is actually called Brad Pitt. So I thought I'd get that one out there. Okay, enough of that. Enough of the jokes. We're now going to go over to New Zealand, top of the bill. We had him on our show a little bit earlier. We know he's not taking this fight lightly whatsoever. Joseph Parker, 18 and Oh, he's in a 12-rounder. This is an IBF world title eliminator to try to get into the position to fight Anthony Joshua. So Joseph Parker, of his 18 wins, 16 by knockout. He faces Carlos Takam, who has a record of 33 wins, two losses and one draw. Carlos Takam, someone that's been in some good fights, got a couple names on his record. He's been sparring with David Hay back in you know in the past before um so yeah he's a he's an all-round good fighter so it's going to be a really tough test but one i believe that joseph parker will get through that's it for new zealand we're now going to go over to russia there's a really good fight over there actually a really good fight between Denis Lebedev, of course, he's the WBA Super World Cruiserweight Champion. He has a record of 28 wins and two losses. He faces Victor Emilio Ramirez, who's the IBF World Cruiserweight Champion, who's got a record of 22 wins, two losses, and one draw. 
So, of course, Victor Emilio Ramirez, he's the guy that our very own Oval McKenzie went over to fight. And it was a very, very close fight. I think the Oval might have even edged it. So, I don't really... I think Dennis Lebedev's probably going to pick up the win here, to be totally honest. I don't want to just... I don't mean that just because Oval was able to get a good... You know, able to give him a really good fight, a really close fight, a bit controversial, to be honest. Um, we spoke to Oval straight after that fight. I remember back on one of our first shows, he come on talking to us. Really nice guy. But I think Dennis Lebedev has definitely, definitely got too much for, for Ramirez. So it'd be an interesting fight. I don't think it's being televised, but I would like to try and see what happens there. And also on the undercard of that, for the vacant IBO, world light heavyweight title of course the, the ibo not really a you know a recognized top sanctioning body umar salamov um he's he's got a record of 15 and oh he's facing our very own bob Ajisaf, who has a record of 16 and two this would be a good win for bob Ajisaf. he'll pick up the ibo title and maybe that will set up a big bout for him down the line so very interesting and also on that bill a guy called Dimitri Bivol. He's only had six fights. All six were wins. He is defending his interim WBA world lightweight title. Now, you know, this guy must be good because he's picked up that belt within six fights. So that's quite incredible. He faces a guy called Felix Valera, who has a record of 13 and 0. So somebody's O has to go. Dimitri Bivol, I'll be honest, I haven't seen or heard much of him, but he really must be something special. That's it for Russia. We're now going to go over to the O2 Arena. Heyday 2, top of the build. David Hay, 27 and 2 in a 10-rounder against Arnold. I'm not going to try to say his last name. Nobody seems to have pronounced it correctly. Correctly thus far, we're going to call him Arnold the Cobra. He has a record of 29 and 0, beautiful record, the second longest winning re- winning record in heavyweight boxing right now, behind 36 and 0 Deontay Wilder. We don't know nothing about Arnold the Cobra apart from I think every single one of his fights, maybe apart from one that has took place in Switzerland. He hasn't really mixed it with any of the big names in the sport. That's why not many of us know about him at all. Um, I remember turning up at the media press conference when the fight was announced and nobody seemed to know who he was when they saw it on the, you know, on the posters before the fighters arrived. So we all had to kind of go on box wreck. It was quite, quite, quite incredible, to be honest. And uh, this is going to be, of course, you know, it's, it's always exciting to see David Hay get in the ring. But in my opinion, I, as I think he's going to blow him out early. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you that. I reckon he's gonna. I reckon he's gonna finish him within the first four rounds. Um, David Hay, obviously, we saw him fight um, Mark Demore and knocked him out within the first round. But I reckon this guy, I reckon he's gonna knock him out within two rounds. Yeah, I think. Um, I think to be totally honest, I think Mark Demore is probably more known than this guy. But I mean, at the end of the day, this guy can't bring less to the fight than Mark Demore did because that was pretty disappointing. But a very good guy nonetheless, Mark Demore. We're now gonna go down the undercard. Joe Mullander, he has a record of nine wins and one loss. He faces Lee Markham. Remember, Lee Markham gave Frank Bullioni a really good fight. He's got a record of 15 wins, three losses and one draw. And this is for the vacant English middleweight title. And also on the bill, Nick Webb, 5-0. and 0. 
He faces Harry Miles, who has a record of 9-9. and I believe we'll be speaking to Nick Webb on next week's show. He's only in a four-rounder here. Of course, he's the heavyweight. Really good fighter, really good prospect. He's like the one-round knockout king. He knocks everyone out in the first round. So really interesting, um, you know, really interesting fighter, showing a lot of potential. And he gets him out of there early, which everybody wants to see from a heavyweight. So definitely one to keep our eyes on. K Prosper's also on the undercard. He, at the moment, has a record of 8 and oh he's in a four-rounder ollie patterson three and oh he's in a four-rounder as well he faces a guy who's got no wins whatsoever just seven losses but ollie patterson of course building that resume only three fights into his career and now the big one shannon briggs 59 wins and six losses with the one draw of course This is a man that has been in the sport for a long, long time. He's back, of course. This guy, of his 59 wins, okay, a lot of people forget this. This guy can crack, okay. Of his 59 wins, 52 by knockout, okay. That is quite incredible. He's he's in a 10-rounder. I'm not sure what happened. He was supposed to fight Dimitrenko. We'll be speaking to Shannon Briggs shortly, so I'll ask him about that. Shannon Briggs will be fighting at Jakov Gospic, it looks like, who has a record of 17 wins and 14 losses. Jakov Gospic's been stopped, I think, eight times in those 14 losses, if I'm not mistaken. And he's been in there with quite a few people. He's been in there with the likes of Derek Chisora. I think Derek Chisora took him out in two or three rounds. He's been in there with a few fighters, so um, a few good fighters. So, you know, it's going to be a fight that Shannon Briggs is going to win by knockout and pretty certain on we're now going to leave the uk we're going to go straight over to las vegas nevada top of the bill jamal charlo um i think this is the better brother of the two one's called jamal one's called jamal it's very hard to to know who's who but jamal charlo holds the ibf world super welterweight title 154 title of course he puts it all on the line and he's 23 and 0 undefeated record against austin trout now we know austin trout very well here he's been on the show before as well he has a record of 30 wins and two losses he's a he's a really really good fighter austin trout as everybody knows so this would be a really Really, really, really good fight. Austin Trout, very silky, very skillful. Jamel Charlo, or Jamal Charlo, I should say. Um, Good fighter, but really unproven against the top, top, top opponents. You know, I think he's only fought one or two proper, proper tough guys. Um, You know, borderline elite. Austin Trout, I would say, definitely was elite the last, you know, about two or three years ago, I'd definitely say he's elite. I haven't seen too much of him since then. So um, it'll be interesting to see what Austin Trout has, because anyhow, he's on the slide here, he could lose. And where will he really go from a loss here? Jamal Charlo, you know, this is a really tough fight. You know, I like to see these fights made. And this bill is absolutely incredible, okay? So I will just say, on Saturday, of course, the 21st of May, um, Wilder was supposed to fight Povetkin. That fight has been put off because Povetkin failed a drug test, so that fight's cancelled. Now, that fight was due to air on Box Nation. So when it got cancelled, it was just tough. Everybody had to swallow it. I was looking forward to staying up and watching it. We, it just wasn't going to happen. It had been cancelled. And they really didn't have to do it, Box Nation, but they did. They went and done a last-minute deal to air this bill that I'm talking about, which has three world title fights on it, all in the same division. That's almost unheard of. And some of the fights that are not going to be aired on Box Nation 
that are taking place on the same card are really good, and I'll read them out. So we've done the first one there. Eris Landy Lara is also on the bill. He has a record of 22 wins, two losses, and two draws. He faces Vainez Martirosian. This is for the IBO World Super Welterweight title, which, again, it's not really counted as a proper title. And this is for the WBA World Super Welterweight title. That, of course, is regarded as a top title. This is going to be a good fight. Eris Landy Lara, everybody knows what he brings to the table. I actually think Lara, in some cases, he's had some tough decisions, but I think he... I'm going to go on record and say he's a tiny bit overrated, in my opinion. I really think he's a tiny bit overrated. Vainez Martirosian has a record of 36 wins and two losses with the one draw. But I think Vainez is probably not going to get the win here. I think Eris Landy Lara will do it. Of course, very classy Cuban boxer. But Vainez is a good fighter. You know, he's a really, really good fighter. He's an elite fighter. I definitely have to give him that. So this is this is going to be a good fight. Both these two fights I've read out so far, both, of course, in the light middleweight division, the 154 division, both really as close to a 50-50 as you can get, really. Now, this one's the third one. This is for the vacant WBC World Super Welterweight title. So this one is actually vacant. There's no champion at the moment. Jamel Charlo, 27-0. and 0. He faces John Jackson. Now, John Jackson is the son of Julian Jackson. I believe he is the ring's um, hardest puncher of all time, or he's certainly up in the top in the top ten for sure. I think they said he's pound for pound the hardest puncher of all time, John Jackson's dad. John Jackson's got a brother called Julius Jackson. We had him on the show previously. And people should remember John Jackson for his fight with Andy Lee. He was beating Andy Lee, and then Andy Lee found a punch from the gods and knocked him spark out. That was an incredible fight, one that I'm sure John won't really like to look back on too fondly. But John Jackson has a record of 20 wins and two losses. And we know that he's a good fighter, John Jackson. Um, I haven't really, I'll be, I'll be completely honest, I haven't really seen too much of him. I only saw that Andy Lee fight. He was beating Andy Lee in those early rounds, but it was only really early. I think he was the fourth or fifth round. He was winning pretty much every round up until that point. Jamel Charlo, this is his chance to follow in his brother's footsteps and pick up a world title. And of course, it will be the WBC. So these guys, if he gets through John Jackson, these guys are almost getting like the Klitschko brothers down at light middleweight, both of them holding titles. And um, we wish the Charlos the best of luck as well as John Jackson. John Jackson, a good guy. I think we'll be speaking to him on the show soon. Also on this bill, BJ Flores. Remember, really good friend of David Hay. I thought he'd be over here doing the commentating on Hay Day like he did last time. But it seems that he's got his own fight. So he'll be obviously over in America. He's got a record of 31 wins, two losses and one draw. He's in an eight-rounder at Cruiserweight against Roberto Santos, who has a record of 12 wins and three losses. So this is just a fight I'm sure BJ will get through. And BJ, again, another good fighter at Cruiserweight, one that a lot of people forget when they mention the top names. Lanell Bellows is also on the bill. He has a record of 15 wins, one loss and one draw. He faces Scott Sigmund, who has a record of 26 wins, eight losses and one draw. This is an eight-rounder at super middleweight. Lanell Bellows, one to look out for. Another fight on this crazy card. Ex-world champion at light heavyweight, Bebut Shumanov, who has a record of 16-2. and two. Of course, we saw him dethroned when Bernard Hopkins beat him and took his title and become the oldest champion in history. 
I'm not sure how old he was now. I forgot. Bernard Hopkins, I think he was about 48 or something at the time. So, Bebert Schumann, a good fighter, just wasn't able to keep up with Bernard Hopkins. Um, he's in a cruiserweight bout here, so he's gone up to cruiser. He's a 10-rounder, but his opponent is yet to be announced. But that's really it for the previewing. And something I forgot to do was bring the news in. There's two juicy bits of news on this week's show. Ayers, come in with the news. Yep. Sal Canelo Alvarez has vacated his WBC belt. Of course, um, he's vacated it and Gennady Golovkin's been upgraded to the, the full WBC champion. Despite vacating it, he's trying to say, Canelo, that he really is trying to make that fight with Golovkin. Well... Actions speak louder than words, is all I can say here. He's, he's given up the title. Golovkin now picks up another belt. And it certainly seems as if he's trying to avoid Golovkin. But we'll have to wait and see with that. Because, you know, like I say, actions speak louder than words. He's saying he wants to fight, but he's vacated it. So it don't really make no sense to me. I hope he doesn't run from Golovkin. Because, you know, the, the WBC being a Mexican sanctioning body. And this is you know, like the best, one of the best, you know, the new face of boxing Canelo, like the Mexican superstar, he's, he's given it up. He's given up their belt. So, you know, in, very unexpected, I will say. I don't think many people saw this. Well, a lot of people did actually say it, but we'll see if he actually does try and fight him. That's the, that's, that's the thing that we need to, to see if it's going to happen. Is there any other news, Ayers? Chris Eubank Jr. will take on the unbeaten Tom Duran on the undercard of Anthony Joshua's World title defence on June 25th. Yep, he's signed, he's re-signed with Matrim. Um, I'm not sure how many, uh, you know, last time I think he had a four-fight deal with Matrim. I'm not sure if this is a, if this is one where he's contracted for longer or, or what the score is here. I'm not sure the details will be disclosed about that. Um, yeah, he's signed with Matrim, so he's going to be on the bill. A lot of people are making something of the fact that on this particular bill, on Joshua's undercard, Eubank... Of course, Chris Eubank Jr., he's going to be on it. Nigel Ben's son, Connor Ben, is going to be on it. A lot of people are making a thing of that, you know, Ben's son and, 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 and Eubank's son, both on the same bill. Oh, my God, what a move by Eddie Hearn and all this. But, of course, both these guys on different levels at the moment, Chris Eubank Jr., really, really on that world stage, I think, and... And, you know, just starting out is Conor Ben. So, really, yeah, I guess the names being on the same thing is quite a good touch there from Eddie. He was spotted by a few people on Twitter. So, a good move all round. Um, that's it for the news, I believe, Ayers. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay, Ayers has run out of the news. Two juicy bits of news on this week's show, though, I will say. So, part one consisted of the review part and the interview with Joseph Parker. Part two consists of the preview part that we just done and this interview that I'm sure a lot of people are going to enjoy. Okay, our second guest on this week's show boasts a record of 59 wins and 52 by knockout. 36 of those knockouts in the first round. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the former heavyweight champion of the world, Shannon the Cannon Briggs. Shannon, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, champ. Thank you for having me on. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. <laughs> yes, yes. My, my first question is one that I pretty much know the answer to. How happy are you with the way the British public have taken to you? They love you, Shannon. Yeah, it's out of control. I love it, champ. I got to be honest with you. I've never felt such a great feeling like this coming to Europe, coming to England. And just the, the reception that I've been given, I've never seen or felt anything like this. It's definitely changed my life forever. 
Excellent stuff. Now, of course, you're fighting on Saturday on the David Hay undercard. Your opponent, I believe, has now been confirmed. What actually happened with Dimitrenko in the beginning? I know you were supposed to fight him, and now you're not. So could you tell us the new opponent and what actually happened? I'm not sure, champ, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, as soon as I was given the opportunity to be on this card, uh, it was to me, like I said, it's an honor to be here and to have such great fans here because, you know, this is the birthplace of boxing. Boxing began here in England. So fisticuffs, the art of fisticuffs. So to be here and to be fighting in a great, in a great country is, is a true honor, let alone the great champions that right now currently hold belts here. It, it's, it's pretty much dominating boxing. England is dominating with such so many champions. So I'm here and I'm happy. As far as um, uh, the, the opponent they originally had, um, I was I didn't even care. You know, as soon as the, the opportunity presented itself, I said yes to everything. Like I told David, hey, I said yeah. I said yeah to everything. I just wanted I, my my goal was coming here was to um uh, to land a big fight. It was going to be Joshua or or uh or Fury or or Hay. It happened to be Hay. I'm happy. I'm I'm, I'm I commend him on taking the challenge. Uh, we're gonna have both fight Saturday night, and then we look forward to a fight in early September. Absolutely. Now, on the same night as yourself, it's a bit of a heavyweight night. Um, over in New Zealand, Joseph Parker is facing Carlos Takam, and the winner will be mandatory for Anthony Joshua's title. Also, it's been called off now, but Povetkin was due to face Deontay Wilder. Povetkin has failed a drugs test. I just wanted to get your opinion on the current boxing landscape and the fact that so many athletes are testing positive for all sorts of illegal substances lately, Shannon. Um, I haven't given too much uh, notice to it, to be honest with you, champ. This is sports. It's happened in the world we live in today. Everyone's looking to get an edge. Um, you know, it, it's just something that's going to happen and continue to happen until, you know, the end of time, to be honest with you. This is a competitive sport itself. It's very competitive. People want to win. Livelihoods have changed. Lives have changed forever from a win or for a loss. From a loss. So you're always going to have people looking to get the edge, whether it's a 1% edge or a 100% edge. With that being said, I've been really focused on myself, and, and and I say when I say myself, I mean the people, being the people's champ, not really getting involved with the the politics side of of, of what's going on. Just focus on you know bringing nothing but motivation and hoping to inspire the people and some fun to the game. Just really you know bringing back good energy and making people have a good time because that's what it's all about. It helps people. Now I Let's am go, champ. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm yeah. a good Let's friend. go, champ. I'm pretty good friends with um, with Eddie Chambers, and he said that of all the guys he's sparred, you are one Ooh, of the hardest punchers. You're one of the yeah. hardest punchers he's been in with. Who is the right. hardest puncher you've been in with? Oh um, man, as far as punches go, you know I fought the great Lennox Lewis, uh, who was a was a tremendous puncher. Of course, and the hardest hitter I've ever been hit was George Foreman. He hit me so hard I couldn't sleep for two weeks. Um, you know, I just I've been in with some tough guys. Vitaly Klitschko, he was a tough puncher. But to be honest with you, ranking up there high was a guy named Francois Bolta. Oh my God, he hit me so hard, champ. I still feel it sometimes. <laughs> now, of course, you've got you know you've got some beautiful names on your record and a very you know a lot of wins. Who would you say is the best win of your career, Shannon? I mean, honest with you, champ, I haven't I haven't had the best win in my career. I think that will be in September when I knock out David Hay. That will be the best win in my career. I've had a, a roller coaster career, ups and downs. Um, I've had some some great things, some good things happen. I've had some bad things happen. Uh, this, at 44 years old, I'm in the best shape of my life physically and mentally. Um, I'm focused. I have a great team. For once, 
I have a great team behind me. My career has had, has had a lot of holes in it because of the people that I was around. I'm not blaming anyone, and, I'm, and I take a lot of responsibility because I, I myself was a young, immature kid who fell into boxing but was fortunate to have so much talent that even with not being 100% focused and not having a great team, I still was able to rise to the top and fight some good guys and win the title twice. With that being said, I'm in a new place, a new time in my life. I'm happy. I'm motivated. I'm inspired by the people. Uh, every day I go out the house, I walk, I walk down the street of England. I'm in Hackney. I'm in Brixton. I'm all over. And people are saying, let's go, champ. They're motivated. They're telling me, champ, I, my life has changed because they, they see the motivation. They're eating right. They're going to sleep. They, you know what I'm saying? They're not eating fast food. They're just feeling good about themselves, and that's what it's all about. The other question I wanted to say, obviously you've, you've you followed Vladimir around the world, you threw your shoe at him, you ate his dinner, you made him fall into a lake. It was hilarious watching it all. What was the funniest of all those encounters for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, Chad, it was just all happening spur of the moment. Nothing was planned. Um, you know, I had actually got a call and I was I was told that Vladimir would uh he would go every Wednesday, I believe it was, he would go on, on the um intercoastal with his paddle board. So I was like, I went out there two, two or three uh, Wednesdays and I didn't see him. And um, finally, on the last day, we were actually out there and we were turning, turning back. My buddy was driving the boat and we were turning back. And I said, no, no, I think I see him. I see him. And he was like, nah, we've been out here too long, champions. Not like I said, no, no, look, look. There's like a little speck, a speck. You could see him from far away. I said, that's him. They said, no, we're going back. And as we were about to turn, I said, no, wait, look. And they looked. And he said, that's him. They came up. I couldn't believe. I said, I got your ass now. Excuse my language, champ. I said, I got your behind now. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. I must say. The <laughs> I, I must have watched that video about a thousand times. I laugh every time. It's brilliant. Uh, thank you, Chad. It was funny. <laughs> now, you, of course, you were trying to you were trying to find David Hay when you first come here. You found him. Now, each time you see him, you seem to touch his hair. What is it you like about his hair, Shannon? I don't like his hair. That's what it is, champ. I can't believe he's walking around with that afro, looking crazy. His evil hairdo with his nine toes. The people sick of David Hay. I went to his house looking for him. I went to Bermondsey. I went to his relative's house. I went to his gym. I'm looking, I was looking for him everywhere. Finally, I showed up at his press conference. He had security guards everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So I just came to make a statement, and I think I did that. The great people of England, of, 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 of London, have been 100% behind me. Everywhere I go, they say, champ, we want you to knock him out. We sick of him. You know what I'm saying? He pulled out his toe on national TV. We sick of him, champ. <laughs> Let's go, champ. <laughs> And now, of course, I was going to ask you, when is that fight likely to take place? You said September. Um, yeah. with, with some of the top names on your record, what's your honest opinion on Hayes? Is he going to be one of those marquee names on your record when the fight comes round? Yeah, 100%. He's a former two-time heavyweight champion. He's a family man. He's a handsome brother. I'm ugly, so I love it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a get I'm going to knock him out. When I finish, I'm going to knock his head off. He's going to look just like me. He's going to be bald. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to ask you, Shannon, just... Um... I wanted to run through about three or four names, and I just wanted you to give maybe one sentence on on uh, fellow, you know, other heavyweight boxers. I just wanted to get your opinion of them. Is that okay with you? I'm sorry, Sam. One more time, say that again, brother. I just want to run through about three or four names of other heavyweights at the moment. I just wanted to get okay. just one sentence out of you, like your opinion of them. Okay, shoot. Okay, so Tyson Fury to begin with. Yeah, big guy, big big guy, in incredible shape. Uh, you know, he talks a lot of stuff that. Uh, gets a lot of attention and that's what he's doing as far as getting publicity. You know what they say, 
Uh, all publicity is good publicity. So with that being said, he's doing a great job of keeping his name in the news. Um, but the truth of the matter is he's a tremendous fighter. A guy his size to be in that type of shape. He handled Vladimir Klitschko with ease. He put his hands behind his back. He did the smart thing, which I told everybody, which was to box this guy. This is how you beat Klitschko. You box him. And aside from that, he was, um, aside from that, he was, um, definitely, uh, he was in top shape, but he was focused mentally. But I will say this. I had to do my part in taking Klitschko out of his game, and I did that. I, 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 thought, I think I did a great job. He just finished him off. I was actually going to ask you about Vladimir Klitschko. What's your opinion on Vlad? Uh, great champion, dominated the heavyweight division for, for many years. Um, he, you know, Unfortunately, he was boring for the people, but he definitely dominated the game. He won every fight he was supposed to win. He went into some big fights over in Germany and around the world. A great champion going out in history is one of the great. Anthony Joshua? Anthony Joshua, future legend, future, uh, a future, a future guy who's going to be uh, the future boxer. I think I believe Anthony Joshua is a big, strong guy. He's handsome, very well spoken, very respectful. You can't do anything but love him and like you like like his attitude. And I think he's great for boxing. I think he's definitely a future boxer. And the last one of these, um, Deontay Wilder. He's a chump. Nah, <laughs> nah. Wilder, Wilder's a he's a very good fighter. He's been a you know he's he's been doing something that hasn't been done. He's been active, very active. And that's what you, you got to respect that. I, you know, I mess around with him. I pick on him sometimes because that's what I'm supposed to do with entertainment. But I got a lot of respect for the guy. The fact that he's a, he's a, he's a big, tall guy. And he's, he, you know, a lot of guys can't do what he's doing. He's stepping up. He's stepping up in the ring. Whoever they put him in front of, he's doing his best to get rid of him. And he's doing that. And you got to respect that. Aside from that, you know, he talks crap about me, but it's all good. You know, I'm having fun with it. And at the end of the day, um, you know, hopefully we can get a fight going on. But again, he's another young lion, a guy on the rise. And, you know, I wish him nothing but the best as well. Let's go, champ. Absolutely. Now, just before I let you go, I just wanted to give you an opportunity for any kind of message you want to give to any of the UK fans that may be listening, Shannon. Uh, to all my UK fans, I just want to say I love and appreciate you, champ, so much. All you champs out there, females, males, kids. You know, the elderly, I appreciate all the love and support, and I appreciate the fact that, you know, people are actually being health conscious now. They're eating right. They're looking to do the best work at working out, getting sleep. Sleep is very important, champ. We need our sleep. So, you know what I'm saying? I just, I'm just happy. I'm overwhelmed, to be honest with you, with, with the love and support. I've never felt anything like this in my life. Everywhere I go, I hear, let's go, champ. And I hear, champ, champ. Champ. And it just makes me feel good. It makes, it's a great feeling, champ. <laughs> it's a great feeling, champ. <laughs> okay, Shannon, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure to interview such a boxing great. I wish you all the success and health for the future, and hopefully we speak again soon. Well, I, I got to tell you, champ, you, you, you're a great interview guy. You're a great interviewer. I appreciate how you know, you're giving me this opportunity, man. I got to tell you, champ, you are the champ. You're the champ. <laughs> nah, you the champ. <laughs> Thank you very no, much. No, we the champ. We the we champ. champ. We the champ. I share, that is I share right. the title. <laughs> All right, champ. We're going to share that one. Let's go, champ. Okay, now it's time to conclude episode 33 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman, a.k.a. the champ. 
Okay, if you want to argue, you can call up Shannon Briggs and see what he'll tell you. Also, a massive thank you, as always, to my co-host, Ayaz Sumra. A huge thank you to the two guests on this week's show, Joseph Parker and his phenomenal team for setting the interview up. Everybody's got to watch that fight. That's on Sky Sports. And also, a little bit earlier on in the night, everybody's got to watch our other guest fight, Shannon Briggs. That's on Dave, of course. So a massive shout-out to Shannon Briggs and Joseph Parker. And of course, as always, the biggest shout-out of them all, goes to the listeners that have tuned into this show tuning into every other show that we do you are incredible you keep this show pumping every single week we'll be back next week with another big show as always until then my friends take care